What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Coming back at you again with another great episode of Talking Football. And this week, I am joined with, again, Justin Trees and Doug Anderson. Doug, nice to have you back, man. We've missed you quite a bit. We don't have too much to talk about, but what we do have to talk about seems to be pretty good, and I'm excited for it. What about you guys? Of course, I'm super stoked to be back with you guys. I missed you. We missed you. And I'm super stoked about this episode, man. I, I thought the last couple episodes with the quarterback tiering is was super fun, and we're going to go ahead and keep going with that, but do wide receivers today. Let's go ahead and get right on into our special segment of Trees Ivia. What do you have for us today? Because last week, I think I pretty much knocked it out of the park, you could say, besides completely bombing the interception to touchdown ratio of what Aaron Rodgers had. So, Trees, what do you got for us, man? This is talking about last year in the NFL. Which quarterback do you think had the best passer rating in the second half? Drew Brees. Sorry. I should I should say this when trailing in the second half. I'm sorry, I left that very important part out. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. You were both wrong, um, Austin. You do have the second best guy, and that is Patrick Mahomes, but not the first best. Is it Drew Brees? Drew Brees is third best. Damn. Jared Goff. He is not on the list. I did the top five, and he does not make it. Fitz Magic. Not on the list. Philip Rivers. Not on the list. Tom Brady. Not on the list. Is it going to be like Dak Prescott or Eli Manning? No, it's not either of those two. I'm sorry. I know know you love those two at this point. Yeah, just my favorite guys for sure. (laughs) But you want to know what? It is your favorite guy. Russell Wilson? No, like legit. It's a guy that you dislike and you hate that I think they're going to be good. What is an AFC team that I keep saying is going to win their division and you keep calling me stupid? The Chargers. Well, that that too, but no. <laughs> no, I'm just going to tell you guys. It's the Baltimore Ravens. Get out of here. Their very own Lamar. No. Okay, yep. how many games did he play though? Ten. Four. Oh, he did? Jeez. He started like week like eight. Get out of here. No, no way. No way. In the second half, he has the second best, or I mean, sorry, the best passer rating in the NFL last year. It's fine. It's fine. You can can just come on over to the whole Ravens are going to win it. It's fine. You'll join eventually. Nope. Oh, the other guys you didn't mention was number four was Deshaun Watson, and number five was Andrew. Man, I feel bad for not thinking about Andrew Luck. He's so good, but it's just like. I didn't feel like they were trailing too much last year, especially in the second half. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, I mean, I got another one, but it's not that cool. So I'm going to stick with just one today. <laughs> oh, come on. I've missed it, man. You have, missed it. For these. you have missed it. I do have another one that I thought was kind of fun. And it's not a, like a trivia question, just your guys' choice. Would you guys, if you were a football player, would you rather have A, Patrick Mahomes' arm, B, DeAndre Hopkins' hands, or C, Saquon Barkley's legs? If I'm a football player? Yeah. I'm going legs. Are you a running back, though, or do you just whatever position you are? Whatever position? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I guess it kind of comes down to what pos- position you want to play, right? But, like, you could have, 
you could want to be a running back and want to be someone else, right? But like you get Saquon's legs. Yeah, no, I'm totally fine with quads. I'm taking the arm. I do feel like I have a pretty strong arm, but if I had an arm like that that had control, I think that'd be great because I can throw hard. Like, I honestly can. Like, I can launch a football. I can throw a baseball. But where it's going to go, especially baseball, like where's it going to go in that strike zone, your guess is as good as mine. And a football, you know, I can get it in the vicinity, but there's going to be a couple throws where that puppy just sails. So, yeah, I would take Patrick Mahomes' arm and the accuracy. Okay, okay. Because that all comes with it, you know. Absolutely does, absolutely does. This is another little fun game I wanted to put out, but I didn't want to tell you guys about it because I wanted it to be just raw, just a raw answer. I got seven different scenarios for a wide receiver. I want you guys to tell me who you think would be the best. You could have OBJ, but you get to, to add on like Larry Fitzgerald's leadership and mentality to OBJ. You can have DeAndre Hopkins and add Devin Hester's speed. You could be Mike Evans and add Jerry Rice's hands. You could be Julio Jones and add DeAndre Hopkins' help. You could be Tyreek Hill and add Calvin Johnson's size to him. You could be A.J. Green and have Steve Smith's toughness because you're the weakest wide receiver in the NFL. You could have Mike Thomas with Wes Welker's quickness. Who do you guys want? I'm going Tyreek Hill with Calvin Johnson's physique. I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins with Devin Hester speed. That, would, that was the other one that I was thinking. That would be filthy. It really would. Because that seems to just – I mean, he is fast. Yeah. But if you add that quickness and that extra twitch to it – Exactly. Yeah, for every, sure. Every time he touches that ball, he is gone. Absolutely. And, you know, and he's catching everything. He had one drop last year. <laughs> like, he's unbelievable with his hands. So, anyways, I came up with that this, today during my lunch break. As you guys can tell, I think about a lot of important stuff during my lunch break. Hey, it's football. It's always important. We get it. (laughs) How long is your lunch break? Because you did the same thing yesterday. You just did all this stuff that I was like, hey, I'm going to do it tomorrow night after work. And it's like 2 o'clock my time. And you're like, yeah, I'm just on my lunch break. You know, I'm just really bored. You freaking did all of it. And I was like, okay, I guess I have nothing to do tonight. So I just kind of went home and twiddled my freaking thumbs. Well, sorry about that. Uh, And my lunch hour is only an hour, but... You get an hour for lunch? Minimum. Depends on the day. Dude, I don't even get a lunch. I get an hour for lunch. What's wrong with you? Do they not eat in Kansas City? They want us to eat at our desk so we can just continue to work. Dude, it sucks. So my work, my CEO, like he says you can't eat at your desk. He he says you have to go away. Yeah, I wish my – like the team decided it like when I joined – they were like, yeah, you know, we think we're just going to get rid of our lunch just so we can kind of, like, leave earlier. Well, the people that said that get to go in at 8 and leave at 4. Well, I go in at 9, and I'm there till 5. Yeah. So I, like, get to sleep in or to an extent because I get up at 6.30 and go work out. But I don't, you know, if we get lunch, it's like I have to rush and get it or rush and eat because I'm at my desk answering the phone and still working. Totally, totally. <laughs> Everybody that's listening to this is very interested in our conversation right now. Right. Not at all. Our like, work life. <laughs> yeah. Feel bad for me, please. Speaking of work, though, I just want to like just skip through the next month of work and just life in general because I cannot wait until August 6th, which is when 
Hard Knock starts with the Oakland Raiders. That is going to be so much damn fun to watch. Like last year I was excited because, you know, it was my Browns. Of course I was excited. This year, I just want to see a day in the life of Antonio Brown during training camp so bad. I think it would have been so much cooler if the Browns would have happened this year with OBJ coming in, getting to hear that inside trade with Landry and then that defense and yada, yada, yada. That would have just been really cool to see. And with Baker just being the full-time quarterback, you would hear a lot more from him on the field than what we did this past season. And then the year before with the Bucks, dude, that just sucked. So with the Raiders, it's going to be Antonio Brown, John Gruden, that entire defense, the entire nucleus of it, of what they drafted is so young in talks, not like in a bad way or distracting way, but you're going to get good content out of it. And it's going to be awesome to see kind of more of an insight with Derek Carr as well, instead of just him being perceived as the, the Christian guy that came in married with already a kid, which is what knocked him down some people's board. So it'd be cool to kind of get more of a, a taste or a sense of his personality with teammates. See good old Gruden too interact with all of his new players and see how they're going to be. I think that's just an entertaining factor of itself because anytime that guy talks, it's like I'm either interested in what he has to say or I find it highly entertaining with how he's saying what he's saying. I'm totally with you guys. I'm super pumped about it. I, I can't hold it in. Like I'm super, super excited. And I mean, I'm also super excited about the Panthers, the rumors that they are the all or nothing from last year. And so that always comes out in July. And so I'm super excited about that because – Panthers season was crazy last year with how well they started and then they fell apart. You got Cam's injury. You got Christian McCaffrey becoming the leader that he is. I, I think it's going to be an awesome series. Who had that last year? Cowboys? Or was that two years ago? I think that was two years ago. Because wasn't it the Cardinals, Cowboys, and this last year was the last one they did? Because they've only, I mean, this is their fourth year doing it, right? I can't remember. I, I thought the last one was Cowboys because I thought that the big story was like, is he going to be suspended? Is he not? Is he? Is he not? Yeah, I guess I would be right because because it's uh, the season because it's the season before, right? So that is right. Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Solid point. Solid point. So this is their third year doing it then. Correct. Yeah, but I also I agree with you though, Austin. Kind of going back before we were talking about the Raiders with the Browns, not just because it'd be you know my favorite team that I'd get to watch. But I'd like to see more of an inside look at, like, Freddie Kitchens, how he interacts with everybody. Some of the new players, Todd Munkin, Steve Wilkes, people like that. Because last year watching Hard Knocks, whenever they showed a coach, all I want to do is tear my hair out. I wish it was a different – I wish it was the Browns. Not last year, but this year. All right, Trees. The past couple episodes, we have done this great segment of ranking the NFL quarterbacks. We did an NFC and an AFC, and then last episode – we went ahead and ranked all of them, 1 through 32, best to worst quarterback in the NFL, and then we had a tournament. And that tournament went all the way down to the wire that it came down to a coin flip in your favor to what made the talking football best quarterback in the NFL, Russell Wilson. Personally, I'm going to be a homer and take Patrick Mahomes there. You know, I have to respect the rules. You know, I have to respect the game. Hate the player, not the game. But we had so much fun doing that that we want to move on to another position group, and that's the wide receivers. So we have a list of the 32 best wide receivers in the game or what we consider that, mainly what Trees considers. So if you have a problem with it, just yell at him. I'm going to make sure to include this in our Twitter post so I'm not getting included in this. But we're going to rank them the same way, elite, borderline elite, great, good, average, below average. 
And our first receiver on the list is Julian Edelman. Patrice, where do you have him in our tier ranking? I think that he is borderline elite. I think that he does a lot of special things. He's not going to be the biggest. He's not going to be the strongest, but you see what he does. He won Super Bowl MVP. He's always there for Brady, and he's Mr. Reliable. I completely agree. I mean, I've watched him tear up the Kansas City Chiefs. I've watched him tear up other defenses. You've seen it in the Super Bowls. He makes plays, and he's always there. So it's going to be great to see. Um, what he does this next year heading into him being the main focus without Gronk being there, and it's practically just going to be him and Brady. Yes, they have Nikhil Harry, but it's going to be cool to just kind of see that connection continue to grow. Julian Edelman, borderline elite, I'm right there with you. Next up is your guy, Tyreek Hill. I'm going to go ahead and put him at elite. Last year before the season, I would have said great just because we hadn't seen those extra big plays with him in the receiving game. But this last year, especially in that first game, Patrick Mahomes' first pass, boom, hits Tyreek Hill up the field, touchdown. I almost think that was a no-look pass to start the year from Patrick Mahomes. And then in that same game, before the offense even got to see the field, Tyreek Hill returned the punt and got the Chiefs on the board. Their first two or three plays of their team, Tyreek Hill had both touchdowns for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then he continued to make plays throughout the year by going up and coming down with the ball. No disregard for his body. He just didn't care. Was going out, making the catch, and just doing his thing. Was what you see Antonio Brown do from time to time. Is what you're starting to see Juju do almost every game he plays. So seeing that from Tyreek Hill in this Chiefs offense, and knowing the fact that he's going to be in the majority of the games this next year, Kansas City is going to be deadly, man. It's going to be awesome. What else can I say? You literally just said everything you possibly could say about this guy. So I'm with you, elite, 100. percent Let's go with. DeAndre Hopkins at this point. I mean, you said it earlier. The dude catches everything. All he's missing is just that extra twitch of speed. And, man, he is the best wide receiver that we've probably ever seen play in the NFL. And I'm not over-exaggerating when I say that. He, You mentioned this a second ago. He had one drop on last year. That's ridiculous, dude. Unfreaking believable that you only dropped the ball one time. And I'm sure it was probably like a pass deflection as well. Like, I'm sure he just didn't hit his hands and drop. Like, it had to be something to break it up. I have him as elite. Absolutely. Honestly, everybody, spoiler, he's going to be the number one seed when I make this bracket because I think I honestly think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Let's go to the next one who has arguably been the best wide receiver in the NFL the previous five years, the new Oakland Raider, Antonio Brown. I'll start off here. He's elite. What he's done the last five years is elite. What he's going to do this year, again, is going to be elite. Just because he drops from wide receiver one to maybe wide receiver four, that doesn't mean that he's not elite. This guy is special. And to think that he was a six-round pick out of Central Michigan, those Steelers, man, they can find they can find guys anywhere. I completely agree with you. Okay, cool. This one's going to be fun, I think. Amari Cooper. Borderline elite. I almost put him at great due to the fact that he had so many poor seasons in Oakland. But, man, as soon as he got to Dallas, he just tore it up. Amari Cooper, borderline elite with the Dallas Cowboys. And one thing I want to say real quick, his stats almost line up perfectly, dude, with Dwayne Bowe. And I've been saying this for a couple years now. I think this last season was his fourth year, and in Dwayne Bowe's fourth season, he had a breakout year. And that's what exactly what Amari Cooper had last year. And a big thanks to that was switching teams and being in a new environment. 
So I'm kind of excited to see how this next year goes lining up with Dwayne Bowe's stats as well. That's awesome. Very interesting. And sorry, where did Dwayne Bowe go after Kansas City? I think I think he went to Cleveland. I don't know if he went really anywhere. It was just kind of like the Chiefs released him, and then he went to Cleveland. He did well. You just didn't hear much from it, was released, or decided to leave the team, whatever the issue was there. And then he was just kind of a free agent, decided to retire, and then the Chiefs were like, hey, we want to kind of get some <laughs> – good publicity coming from the team right now and they had that whole retirement show for him gotcha gotcha yeah because i was like i don't i don't remember whatever happened to that guy yeah yeah all right next one who i personally think is a very underrated wide receiver and that's ty hilton where do you have him ranked as elite i think that he is special i think that he has led he's led the nfl in receiving yards twice i believe and he just doesn't get the credit for it. He goes, He's not just a speedster. A lot of people just think that he's just a downfield guy. He runs plenty of crossing routes. Uh, the, on, the only thing that really is a downfall for him is he gets shut down two times a year by that guy down in Duval. I'll agree with you. He doesn't get the recognition he deserves. And last year when he projected like a two or three touchdown game with 150 yards receiving, that was absurd, dude. Yeah, it really was. Moving on down, we got Julio Jones. I mean, there's nothing to say. The dude's a freak of nature. He's fast as all get out. He can catch anything thrown to him. He's just got to catch the ball in the end zone. And it's not like he's dropping it. It's just everyone knows that's where the ball's probably going to go, especially on the defense. So they're just like, hey, we're just going to cover him. And then Matt Ryan seems to throw it too far out or too high. And then he gets pushed out of bounds. He's just not put in a great position to get the most receiving touchdowns. But, man, he does well with a ball in his hands. Next up is A.J. Green. I like to give him a whole bunch of shit just because of the whole Jalen Ramsey thing. But the guy is borderline elite. He has 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons. The last two, he hasn't gotten it because he's been injured. He's had to deal with Andy Dalton and his quarterback, and he's still doing that. He led them to some playoff games. No wins, but he was the leader of that offense there. I'm going to have him at borderline elite. I just don't think he's quite at the level of the four guys, four or five guys we have at elite right now. And I completely agree, and I think Andy Dalton's a huge part on why he isn't. But maybe that situation changes this next year, and we do have him at elite. And maybe we're just completely underappreciating the talent level that he has brought to the NFL. We, we absolutely probably are. And honestly, if this was probably two years ago, he would have been in the elite. It's just the injuries the last couple of years are really slowing him down as well. Next up is a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere the last two years, Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm putting him at borderline elite as well. I mean, how many games in a row did he have of, a, of 100 yards in receiving? Eight last year. I mean, I don't know how many other guys have done that in the league. Did he end up breaking the record for that? No, he need, I think he needed one more, and he didn't get it. That's still pretty impressive in my book, and everyone's thinking it, but I'm going to say it, especially for a white dude. Way to go, white boy supreme. I almost said that as I was describing him. So I'm a Thielen guy. I traded for him in fantasy right before he like went off. Like I got him like week two. Named my team after him, Thielen and Dealin. That was my team name in fantasy because I'm a creative son of a bitch. This is the deal. I actually think he's great, not borderline elite. I think that what he did at the end of the year, like he literally was doing nothing. I just don't think that he's in the category with the other three that we have there. I haven't met great. Boom. Let's put him there then. Cool. Devontae Adams, my guy. I want another year from him to see what he does. So I'm putting him as great. Let's see how he does being the full-on main target. I know he was that last year and, you know, we saw it out of him. But I want to see what he can do with Aaron Rodgers healthy for an entire season. Hoping that happens because that's going to be even better for the NFL. Aaron Rodgers hurt 
is not good for the Green Bay Packers, of course, and it's really not that good for Adams. So I want to see Rodgers healthy, and with Adams, his playmaking ability, his hands, he has the speed, his route running ability is fantastic but i'm gonna put him at great and once i see it next year i'm most likely throwing him in that borderline elite so i actually had him at elite i think he's special i think he is up there with those guys i actually think that he's better than ty hilton i think that he's better than antonio brown at this point i would have him as wide receiver so holy i can't even be excited about it because i'm shocked this is what we're gonna do we're gonna put him at borderline elite we'll split the difference there next up Los Angeles Chargers, Mr. Keenan Allen. Man, I want to put him at elite just due to his size and quickness and hands, but I'm putting him at borderline elite. He has had injuries, ankles, whatever else is going on with the dude. He just doesn't seem to be there an entire season, and that just kind of seems to be the dude. When he is healthy and he is on the field, look out because he's always making a play, and I see it twice a year against Kansas City, and every time he comes onto the field – with wearing the hoodie or whatever, you know, like, damn it. Here we go. Like, let's see what he's going to do this game. And I also just got to say this. He just doesn't look like he's that good of a football player. Like, you look at his face and you're like, yeah, he's not a star wide receiver. He's just it's a weird looking dude. Like, I'm just going to say it. This is way off topic. I don't know if he's bald or if he shaves his head. I literally yes. no idea. Like, I've wondered it forever. And- but it's like, hey, I don't get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that like he always sticks out because of one because of the hoodie and two because he he's always wears yellow gloves and all the other receivers wear white. So he's super easy to find on the field, which is awesome. I have him as borderline elite as well. We're we're on the same page there. Thank God. About time, huh? About time, about time. Michael Thomas, the guy you hate. Oh, okay. I'm putting him at I don't hate him. I mean, he's had the most receptions coming into the league his first three seasons. I know he's broken that record. He does make plays. He does run good routes. I just – I think it's due to scheme, man. I think a lot of him being that open is because of scheme and having a good quarterback that's as accurate as Drew Brees is. So I'm putting him at borderline elite. I want to see another year making more plays on his own before I move him up to that next tier. But that's just me, dude. I am at borderline elite. I think one more year. God damn it. I don't know, man. Maybe I do have him at elite. I, I don't I have feel a... like you do. I mean, you have to as much as you talk about him. Yeah. I think that he's like at the end of elite, top of borderline elite. But here's the deal is I don't think that he's better than Devontae Adams. I mean, we have Devontae Adams at borderline elite. I'm going to go with borderline elite at this point. I think he's on that tier, and I, I, I don't have a complaint either way. Next up, Juju Smith-Schuster. Borderline elite. I want to see what he does this next year without Antonio Brown on the other side, without him being a focus to defenses, and I want to see him have another 97-yard reception or touchdown reception. Let's see if he can do it three years in a row. He makes great plays. He's got good hands. He did make one mistake at the end of the year with that fumble. You hate to see that, but you could tell that he wore that pretty hard and he made a promise to his team and the fans. I just want to see another year of him being the main guy in Pittsburgh with Ben, putting him at borderline elite for me. I have met great. I need, to, I need to see him do that without Antonio Brown on the other side before I can put him in the tier with the guys that are at borderline elite. All these other guys are doing it without another number one wide receiver that always has the safety over the top of those guys. And he hasn't had that yet. 
But I feel like he's still shown the ability to come down with tough throws. You know what I mean? Like he's made good catches. He's made spectacular catches. He runs good routes. It looks like he's gotten faster since he's been in the NFL. But if you have him at great, I'm fine with settling him there. Looking at that list of what we have at Borderline Elite, it is hard to see him there right now with just that core group of guys that we've put there already. I'm fine with great. Okay, I'll put him at the top of great. So when we do our bracket, he's a higher seed. Deal. OBJ, the newest Cleveland Brown. Elite. Fast, great routes, fantastic hands. That's it. Short and simple. One of the best wide receivers in the game. That's where I have him. Done and done. Have him as wide receiver number five right now. Maybe even four by the time we're, I'm making the bracket. Ooh. Robert Woods of the LA, Char- or LA Rams. Excuse me. Uh, good. I mean, yeah, he makes plays. He's got good hands and he's fast, but we know the entire Rams offense is all scheme. Like, we know Sean McVay is telling Jared Goff, hey, he's going to be open here. This is what they're doing. I watched, saw this three years ago. Same situation, but it was fourth quarter and third and two instead of second quarter, third and seven. Yeah, good. Robert Woods, good. He is good. I disagree with the whole talking to Goff. I do agree on the scheme, so we're going to go with good here. Sadly, this guy is far, far past his prime, but I felt like it'd be very disrespectful to not put him in here. And that is Larry Fitzgerald. I'm putting him at borderline elite because I am going to give him that history here. I'm going to give him that history pass and what he's been to that franchise and to that team and to that organization altogether. That dude has been there all the like, every year. I don't think he's ever hurt. Is he? I mean, remind me there. No, no, he's never hurt. And he played through a lot of injuries a couple of years ago. Exactly. And what did you do last year with Josh Rosen as his quarterback when they were down to their third string offensive lineman, third and fourth string offensive lineman? He still did what Larry Fitzgerald does. I mean, he continues to make plays. He continues to make tough catches. He's just a Mr. Reliable. He should almost be at the top of the borderline elite because if we're talking about him in his prime, we are, we're putting him at elite. But the fact that he's played this long and continues to have as many receptions and yards as he does in a season – and I, I got to put him up there. Yeah, this one's tough because I'm not grading guys off of what they did years and years ago. You know, like I could have put Des Bryant on this list or Deshaun Jackson, like goes guys like that, but I just didn't even put him on the list. Because I agree, if we're going off of history, honestly, this dude's elite. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer is what mm-hmm. he is. Oh, man, this one is tough. Because I was going to just settle him, and put him at good then. Because, I mean, that's what he is right now is good. See, I was going to put him at great because I still think that he does a lot of big things that aren't just receiving, like his blocking ability and everything like that. I was going to put him at great. Well, then, boom, we'll slap, freaking slap him there. I don't okay. know where the high pitch came from there. Excuse me. I apologize. That is totally fine. We got the second Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, and that is Stefan Diggs, the miracle in Minnesota guy. Mr. Diggs, borderline elite. Excellent route running ability, great speed, Mr. Reliable in the hands. I like him right there. He's been the guy in Minnesota, or he will continue to be the guy in Minnesota with Cousins and in whatever decision they decide to make at quarterback following that. But, man, Stephon Diggs, nothing but praise from opposing defenses or corners, plays hard, good in commercials, borderline elite, man. 100% agree. We're going to move on. The Jets wide receiver that I think gets no credit for what he does, and that's Robbie Anderson. Well, I want to hear your thoughts on him because I don't have much. I don't, I don't get to see the Jets play or, to be honest with you, 
pay much attention to him at all. He's a, he obviously is a burner. He's so fast, but he is great at catching contested passes. And over the last couple of years, especially last year, when Darnold came in, he started doing a lot more crossing routes and being able to do a lot of different things. He's the guy, and he's still putting up big numbers with honestly not that good of quarterback play around him in his career. So I'm going to put him at great. I like it. I mean, that makes sense to me. I wish he would change his haircut, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> that's fair. Let's go with Jameis, Winston, Jameis Winston's guy, I should say, and that's Mike Evans. To me, he's elite. That's to me. He's got good speed. He's got good hands. I feel like you came at me with the drops the last time I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. He's the elite to me, dude. I, I disagree because I think that Devontae Adams and Mike Thomas are better than him. <laughs> I, this is one I, I knew we wouldn't agree on, but you have given me some, so I will give you this one and put him at elite. Even My though boy. I disagree with it, and I'll be sure to let everybody know about that. <laughs> Let's go with the second Browns wide receiver, OBJ's best friend, Jarvis Landry. I'm going to put him at great. That dude's got fantastic hands and he's fast. But, like, that's about all you're going to see. I mean, when you throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. But it's just it doesn't seem like much is going to happen after that. But when you throw him the ball, the dude's coming down with it, no matter what. I mean, he did that in Miami, and he did that last year with the Browns. And the dude can throw a damn football pretty good, too. I mean, pretty great, if you ask me, especially putting it between – a corner and overhead safety. Wow. Fantastic arm. Maybe he should be throwing the ball more in Baltimore, especially if Mayfield is going to throw just as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. That's going to piss some people off. Ask me if I care. I'll tell you right now. I don't. He's great. Absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Here is an underrated guy. Tyler Lockett. Ooh. He. See, I want to put him, if we're going to put Robbie Anderson in great, I want to put Tyler Lockett there as well. Because that dude comes up every game. Exactly. I mean, he's going to have at least that one play and that one catch a game where you're like, damn, he did it again. Yep. And it's just with Russell Wilson dropping the ball into him, whether it's a tough catch or, you know, breaking a tackle or burning past the defense. I mean, he it's once a game that dude's making a game-changing play. 100% agree there. Man, we don't have a lot of average or below average guys right now. And by no. not a lot, I mean zero. But I did choose the best guys. I probably should have lowered some of the expectations. But I, I wanted us to talk about all of them. So we're going to keep going with it. Let's go with one of my first, uh, probably my second favorite wide receiver in Jaguars history. And that's going to be Allen Robinson. Now, I'll be upfront with you. I really don't know much about Allen Robinson. And I've really not seen him play. So I want to hear your opinion and thoughts on this. He, I think he's great. I think that he was very, very close in Jacksonville to being borderline elite. He is the best deep ball catcher in the NFL. The way he uses his body out jumps everybody. His vertical's insane. He uses his tall body, but injuries have just plagued him over his career. He broke his foot. I think his rookie year in Jacksonville, and then he tore his ACL in 2017. Last year, it just took him a little bit to come back from that injury, even though he tore it super early in week one. Like He had a full year, and it still took him like half the season to really start getting it. So I'm going to go with great here. Awesome. I like it. Cool. Moving on. Alshon Jeffrey. 
Alshon Jeffrey, he's the Mr. Good of this episode. Um, he's got good size, decent speed, good hands at times. I just feel like there's something about him that's missing, and I can't really tell you. But when he does have the ball in his hands and he is making plays, it's good. You're going to like what you see, and you're going to like that game when he appears in that game, when he shows up. So, yeah, for me, good. I'm right there with you. Let's go to the Tennessee Titans' number one overall pick a few years ago, and that is Corey Davis. Corey Davis. A lot of people probably aren't going to like this, but I'm going to put him at great. That dude had an exceptional season last year that nobody's talking about, especially with Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. That dude put up touchdowns and yards. I don't know what his drop-to-catch ratio was, but, man, all I know is that he had a good season with the Tennessee Titans last year, and nobody's talking about it. So you said – I'm sorry, you said great? Yes. Yeah, that's a little high for me. I was going to. I mean, you got to think. His first year, he was injured, and then last year, he went off. Did he really go off, though? I do. No one's talking about it. I know I'm not because I literally don't know his stats. Really, um, I'm looking him up right now. Man, dude, he only had 65 catches, 890 yards, and four touchdowns. Went the fuck off, I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he, he does have big games, and that's probably what you're remembering, right? And so I'm with you there. I just don't know if under 900 yards classifies as great. Well, I mean, if, you'll see it this next year. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm, stick, I'm sticking with great. A lot of people aren't going to agree with it right now. I'm not, I can understand that. And I can respect it. But this next year, he's going to go off again. Moving on. Let's go Marvin Jones. I want to put him at good. I, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, how are you going to put Corey Davis at great, but Marvin Jones at good? It just He's got Matthew Stafford as his quarterback, and he just doesn't seem to be continuing to make those highlight plays that we see time and time again. So for me, you know, for a while he really wasn't the guy in Detroit, and now he is, especially since they've moved on from their other receiver that is now with the, Saint, or with the uh, New York Giants, excuse me. But I, I want to see another year before I replace him as, as great. So good? So good. I'm good with that. And that wide receiver you were talking about is who's up next, actually, and that's Golden Tate. Mr. Good as well. That's why I don't understand why they're, the New York Giants decided to pay him the same amount of money that they were practically paying OBJ. That doesn't make sense to me. I know it sure as hell doesn't make sense to anybody else. It is what it is, man. Mr. Good right there. Yep, 100% agreed there. Let's go with Marquise Goodwin. I think he's good as well. I mean, he's got good speed. He's got good hands, but we just really haven't heard much from him except for this last couple years with Kyle Shanahan, and I'm going to say that's due to scheme. But other than that, I'm not seeing much out of him time and time again taking over games. Yeah, and that's actually why I have him at average. I think that he's a lot more hype than he is anything else. I think it's because he's an Olympic Olympic athlete and he's super fast that that just makes him a good football player. When I'll put him there. I'm fine with that. Sammy Watkins, a wide receiver on your team. I'm going to put him at average, dude. I mean, he can't stay healthy. I mean, when he's in a game, you see the difference that he makes, especially when he's not in the game. He's an average receiver right now, and he's getting paid as you know one of the top-level guys, but that's just because the receiver market's just now starting to come around, and when all these other receivers start getting paid, you're going to see that, that salary really not be that high. So for me, he's average. 100% agree. I thought I was happy we didn't have to fight on this guy. All right, how about 
Zay Jones for the Buffalo Bills. Below average, dude. I mean, I just don't see anything from him. Besides the cool way of standing up once he's on his stomach, I mean, what has he done? I mean, I haven't seen anything. I've hardly seen any plays from him. I've seen him drop a lot of cool passes, crucial catches. But other than that, I've not seen anything from Mr. Jones in Buffalo. 100% agree. All right, Brandon Cooks for the LA Rams. I think that's another guy that goes in borderline elite. His speed is stellar. He runs great routes. And he's had, what, a 1,000 yards receiving the last three seasons with three different teams? That's pretty hard to do when you go from New Orleans to Boston all the way across the country to Los Angeles, and you're in the Super Bowl two of those three years. Those are long, tough seasons, especially playing with the Saints and the Patriots. And then you go play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The dude's a stud to me, and he just doesn't – he's one of those guys that doesn't get enough credit as is. I totally agree with you. Borderline elite, moving on. We are down to the final two here, and I still have a giant list of guys that I'm just trying to decide on where do I go here? Who do I, who do I want to leave out here? Who do I have to leave out? Because we don't have a guy from this team, that's why I'm going to add this guy, and that's Emmanuel Sanders for the Broncos. He's, a, he's great, dude. I mean, he's, he's there every game. I mean, he's you know health reasons he's not there. But he's making plays when he's in those games. I mean, he runs good routes. He's a leader of that team. When they moved on from Demarius Thomas, it almost like they didn't skip a beat because Cordell Sutton stepped in and made those plays in replace of him. But Emmanuel Sanders is a leader of that team on the offensive side of the ball right now, besides a Philip Lindsay and maybe a Joe Flacco if he is the leader of that offense. But Emmanuel Sanders is a guy, and he's been the guy for a long time, and he's one of those ones that no one talks about as well. Yeah, totally. And I had him right in that great or good category, so I 100% am good with putting him in great for you. All right, and our final guy is Fuller for the Houston Texans. I'm putting Fuller at good. If he stays healthy, that dude's borderline elite because his speed is unreal, dude. And when he plays, you see the connection with him and Deshaun Watson. And if Fuller is healthy with Hopkins, that team is scary, dude. I don't even think they need a tight end at that point because one of those guys is going to be open and one of them is going to catch it. For me right now, he's good. And if he stays healthy, he's borderline elite. 100% agree. Because you should see Deshaun Watson's stats when he's actually playing. It's un- it's unreal. Watson's that much better. So, yeah, I mean, every pass to him is practically a freaking touchdown. <laughs> especially his rookie year. His rookie year, he had like 12 catches and seven of them were touchdowns. Um, what did he have last year, too? Uh, I'm not sure on his exact stats, but he had – I, I want to say he was close to double-digit uh, touchdowns last year. I think those 12 receptions, seven touchdowns was his last year when he came back from injury because his rookie year he went down with an ACL injury. No, that's what I'm saying is that's what he had before he went down with his ACL injury was he had 12 catches for seven, seven touchdowns because last year he only had 500 yards and four touchdowns because Fuller missed most of the season last year. Oh, so I'm just backwards then. All right, cool, man. I think that that wraps up the episode. So tomorrow and over the weekend, I'll get a bracket made for us, and we'll start out next episode going through a bracket, and then we'll talk about what else has happened over the last couple of days because you know what's going to happen? A shit ton because it's the NFL and they never sleep.
True that. I love it. Pretty smooth episode this week. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We always appreciate it. And if you guys want us to do any other sort of segments or Twitter questions, feel free to tweet at us. And we'll we'll be sure to get that on the episode. And tonight we've been talking football.